chapter 10, and uh, please keep your Bible open. We are going to be um, looking at a few different verses this morning uh, on this new series on hearing God's voice, hearing God's voice. Um, when someone leaves a voice message on my iPhone, there's a little envelope that appears and a number, and it, re- it just says to me, um, hey, somebody's left you a message, and I can retrieve that message, and that way I, I know that I don't miss the message, and also I can, uh, if they're not in my phone, uh, I can sometimes recognize who it is just by their voice if they don't introduce themselves and say who they are. Uh, Don't you wish that um, when God communicated with us, it was the same way? It was like, you know, God had something to say to me, and he just, like, sent me a voicemail. And that way I could retrieve it on my phone. And A, I would never miss what he had to say. And B, I would actually know what he sounds like, right? (laughs) What's his voice sound like? Is it like Morgan Freeman, or is it, you know, my wife's favorite, Sean Connery? And she just keep hitting that replay over and over and over again. God, I got... God, I'm not sure I got that. Let's, let's hear it again. Let's, I don't know what voice it would be for you, but um, uh, sometimes when it comes to this topic that we're going to tackle over the next several weeks, uh, we, there's a lot of mystery that seems to be shrouded around um, hearing God's voice. And, and what is that like? And am I the only person in the world who can't hear? Some, some of you may have thought that to yourself. You thought, well, you know what? Uh, I've been trying to walk with Jesus for a long, long time. I don't know that I could ever say that I've really heard God's voice. And what does that sound like? And what's that look like? And I think I'm the only one who was left out. And for some of you, you think, well, you know, God didn't give me that gift to hear him speak. And uh, for some of you, you may think, well, hearing God's voice isn't that like just like tuning on a radio, like I just get to the frequency and it happens. So I'm, I'm still searching for God's frequency so that I can experience this speaking process. And so when we think about hearing God's voice and God communicating with us and the way that that works, um, sometimes it can create a lot of pressure upon us and sometimes it creates insecurity within us. Because we do think, well, you know, I I just can't pinpoint this. I'm just not sure. I just don't know. And so there are a lot of ways that that God can communicate to us. And we're going to talk about those in uh, in weeks ahead. Uh, But we're going to really dive into this um, very meticulously, probably more so than most series that I do. So in John chapter 10 is really kind of the foundational verse uh, of learning about God and hearing his voice hearing our shepherd's voice. So let's pick up in uh, verse 3 of John chapter 10. Uh, Jesus says, The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. And when he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know what? His voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. And so uh, we need to be reminded that God is a triune God, right? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Uh, Basic Theology 101. And so God the Father, um, you know, is the one who sent Jesus, his Son, into the world. God in the flesh in order to, to die as our Savior. And when we receive Christ... As Savior and Lord of our lives, the Bible says the Spirit of God took up residence within you. Your your body literally becomes the temple of God. And so it's the Holy Spirit who wants to communicate to us. He he wants us to experience the voice uh, of our our shepherd. And so really the Father, Son, and 
Holy Spirit are all our, our shepherds. And so the Holy Spirit certainly wants to lead us and guide us and direct us. What was the, what was the purpose of a shepherd with the sheep? Well, if you go back to the 23rd Psalm, he's going to lead them to the green pastures and beside the quiet waters. He's going to provide for them. He's going to protect them. And that's exactly what God wants to do for our lives. Now, every single day of our lives, we are constantly making decisions. And some of the decisions we're making may only impact our life for that day, that week, or that month. But for some of the decisions we make, it may impact us for years to come. And certainly there are decisions we make that are just like, you know, what's better and what's best, or what's bad and what's worse. Uh, and some of those decisions are monumental decisions about who you're going to marry, where you're going to go to school, um, how, you know, when are you going to start having kids, how many children do you want, all those kinds of decisions that we make uh, as we are journeying through this world. Don't you suppose that God, your shepherd, wants to help shepherd you in those, that process of decision-making? Absolutely he does. Sometimes we face very difficult moments in our lives. Go back to the 23rd Psalm. Though, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And all of us journey through some very difficult times in our lives, sometimes of extreme disappointment, sometimes as deep personal loss, uh, health issues, all of those things that impact our lives day in and day out. And God, you know, he, he didn't like just like, oh, I, I want you to come and be a part of my kingdom, but you're going to have to figure out how to navigate your way through this, this kingdom and through the world on your own. I'll, I'll see you in heaven when it's all said and done. No, God is a very personal God. God is a relational God. God established relationship in order to have community with us. And so the fact is, God is waiting. James tells us in chapter 4 and verse 8, God is waiting to draw near to us if we will draw near to him. And the more intimate you become, watch this, the more, you're going to hear me say this a lot, the more intimate you become with the Father, the better you're going to be able to hear his voice. Right, if, if you're trying to relate with, to God at a distance, if you accepted Jesus as Savior and Lord of your life, but he's not really Lord, he's just kind of like Savior, I got my fire insurance, and I just kind of tack Jesus on my life in case I need him for an emergency, you're probably going to have real difficulty in determining God's voice. That's not God's will. It's not his desire. But you, it, you and I have to draw into intimacy. Notice what it says about the sheep and the shepherd. So we don't kind of get this uh, sheep-shepherd concept so much in our day and time, um, but in that day and time, so here's basically what happened is that when the shepherds brought their sheep in for the evening in order to guard them against their predators, because sheep have no defense against their predators, they would put them in one big sheep pen. So there might be five, six, ten shepherds with all their sheep in the same pen. So on the next day, when morning arose, the shepherd would go to the sheep and he would call out his sheep. Why did the sheep follow that shepherd? Because they knew his voice. They knew their shepherd. And so the sheep would come out of that pen following their individual shepherds. This is the picture that Jesus is painting for us, is that as we grow in intimacy with Christ, as we grow in that relationship with him, we will be able to discern the voice of our shepherd. You'll notice it says in verse 27 of John 10, my sheep hear my voice. There's no ifs, there's no buts, there's no exceptions 
Um, there's no escape clauses. He says, if you're a child, if you're one of my sheep, you will hear my voice. It's not that God isn't speaking. The problem comes that we're just not listening. Now, one of the distinguishing factors in the Old Testament of the nation of Israel that really set them apart from everyone else, in Deuteronomy 4.33, it says, they heard the voice of God. And so this is conversational the nature of our relationship that made Israel unique. It's a conversational relationship that you have with your creator that makes you unique. In other words, don't ever buy the lie from the enemy that, oh, God can't talk to you because you've done certain things wrong. There's certain sins in your life. So that's one of the things people say, well, uh, God's not speaking to me. There must be something wrong with me personally. There must be some kind of unconfessed sin in my life, or I must not just be worthy. I'm telling you, God desires to speak to every single sheep. If we're listening, if we're tuning into his voice, and so this this is a learning process. One of the things I realized um, as I was preparing this series, you know, our, our kids were in for Christmas and our little grandson was there and he's seven months old. You know, he, ha he has everything he needs to be able to listen and to understand words and to speak. But guess what he can't do? He can't speak. He doesn't really understand much vocabulary. He kind of grunts and uh, spits up a lot, uh, those kinds of things. But it's a learning process for him, right? So the same thing is true for us. One of the ways that I learned how to listen to God is because I got myself around people who knew how to do it. And I learned from them. And I learned from God's word. And so it's been a process. It's not like I shot out of the gate my relationship with Christ when I was 16 years old. And then all of a sudden I was, got up the next day and, man, I was just like hearing God. I'm hearing God. But I want to tell you, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, if you've experienced Jesus as your Savior and Lord, you have already heard from God. Because Jesus said, you, will, you would have never come to me unless the Father called you, unless he drew you, unless the Holy Spirit drew you into that relationship. You may not have understood who it was drawing you, how he was necessarily drawing you, but you've heard his voice, you just didn't know what to call it. All right, so we want to build on that premise so that we understand that God is, is wanting and he, he longs to speak to you. Because who do you belong to? You belong to Jesus, right? So the relationship between the sheep and the shepherd, they were trained to respond to their shepherd. And so we, that's my whole goal is to help train us to respond to our shepherd. Now, we as a church, the leadership of our church uh, sat down and established like three initiatives that we want to work on as a church over the next several months. But one of the keys in meeting those, and I'll talk about those next week, is that we've got to listen to God's voice. It's not a question of sitting around a table and trying to come up with what does God want to do in our church and what does God want to do in our lives. And, and we got to listen to the shepherd, right? Let the shepherd guide us and direct us. We may say, this is what God's laid on our hearts. These are the things that we see. Now let's let the shepherd fill in the gaps so that we are following his instructions because I know this about this church. God loves this church more than you and I do. And, and they, God wants to see this church be a lighthouse in this community and beyond. 
God wants us following him and walking after him. It's the desire of his heart. It's why he sent Jesus into the world. And so I want to talk about some foundational core beliefs today that's going to help set the tone for this entire series. So here's the first foundational core belief, and that is this. God is always speaking. He is always speaking. God speaks through creation. God speaks through people. God speaks through his word. God speaks from his spirit to your spirit. God speaks through circumstances. You know, one of the strongest ways, and we're going to talk about this later, one of the strongest ways that God may speak to you is through silence. Oh, wait a minute. How can God speak to me through silence? Some, he does some of his best speaking in, in, in times of silence in your life. And we're going to find this all throughout the scripture. God isn't hiding from us. Uh, you know, he's, he's not saying, well, you know, I'm just going to speak. Now, when we talk about hearing God's voice and God speaking, don't mistake, and, um, you know, God just doesn't like engage in chit-chat, okay? Uh, it's not like he's going to sit down and have a conversation like, well, how's your day going? And, you know, it's nice outside and some of the things that we normally do when we talk to each other, right? God is very specific. He's at the point. But here's what I know all through the Bible. Everyone who ever heard God speak knew exactly what he was saying, and they understood it perfectly. It was just a question of whether or not they were going to follow it. And that's what it really always boils down to, right? God is eager to speak. The question is, are we eager to hear? And sometimes we're not eager to hear because we're not real eager to obey, right? We want to weigh our options. We are option people, right? So if I have a decision to make, I want to, I want to pull out my option basket and, you know, I want to call my dad. Hey, what do you think about this? I want to ask him, what do you think about this? Some friends, what do you think about this? And, oh, by the way, God, what do you think about this? Let's take God's opinion, throw it in the basket of options, and pull out which one I think is going to be best. Right? Is that the way we operate? Come on, am I the only one? You know you, know you do. So, so when we get the invitation, yeah, the altar will be full of people because we, we're option people. Um, we, we always want to be in a position to hear God. And uh, hearing God is not something that you earn. It, it's not something that you have to, you know, build up and say, well, I've got to reach some spiritual level or plateau or, or, or level in my life to, in order to hear God. It, it is a learning process, but we're, we're going to talk about how do, you, how do you tune into that. So just because, just because we don't recognize something does not mean it is not true. Right, we we may not recognize that God is always speaking, but that doesn't mean that He's not always speaking. The fact of the matter is, He is always speaking, and I want us to ground ourselves in that. Just, just because you don't hear God like someone else, doesn't mean that God you can't hear God. It just means that someone else may hear Him in a different way. All right, so we're going to talk about the different ways that God speaks because some of this is built around. Your giftedness, some of it's built around your personality. Um, we have people in our church that are gifted in different ways, and God speaks to them and through them prophetically. Uh, when we talk about the prophetic gift uh, of speaking, it's like, so the prophetic gift isn't like, oh, I'm going to tell you about your future. The prophetic gift is they, they see pictures or they see words and, and they're able to speak God's truth into your life and say, you know, I, 
I may not know what this means, but here's what I'm seeing. Does this mean anything to you? And they say what it is. And it's like, oh my gosh, who told you that? You've been reading my mail? Somebody call you? Did my girlfriend call you? Did my friend call you and let you know about this? So we're going to talk about those those various ways that we, um, but here's the, pro, here's the issue is when God speaks to you through someone else, it's not for the intention of tearing you down. It's, it's for the intention of building you up, for encouragement. God wants to give you a word that's going to increase your faith. And if they do have a hard word that they may need to give you, it's out of love. It's never out of, oh, let me just like rip you up to shreds and then leave you by the curbside. If somebody does that to you and they were to come up and you say, well, God told me to tell you and then just shredded you and walked away, don't listen to that, all right? That, that's not from the Lord. It's not the way God does it. And so in the New Testament, we learn the hearing of God's voice should be a blessing to us. And I like to think when we give people words or we hear uh, God for someone else from time to time, that they have just been hugged from heaven. Now, one of the ways that God operates through my wife, and in, in, he wants her to share a word with somebody else, is that first of all, he lays that person on her heart. She begins praying, God, give me a word from your word to share with that person. So oftentimes, she receives a word from God. God speaks to her and says, this is the passage. This is what I want you to share with them. And how many times my wife has sent a text to someone and said, God laid you on my heart this morning, shared with them that verse, and then sometimes she hears back, sometimes she doesn't. And when she doesn't, what's the first thing she does? She thinks, uh-oh, I missed it. I got it wrong. But then she may see them a week later or whatever, and, she, and, and they'll say, you, you can't believe that was perfect timing, perfect word from God. Because listen, when God wants to speak to you and through you, it's always going to bring life and encouragement and the building up of the body of Christ. And, and I'm amazed at how many times that people have texted her back, said, oh, that it's so, so what I, I needed. And so there are times in our lives when we need those kinds of what I call heavenly downloads in our lives in which we need to hear from God, and we're desperate to hear from God. But if you think that God's not speaking, and you think that God's limited in his speaking, then, then you're going to be really frustrated. God is always speaking. The question is, are you tuned in to what he has saying, what he is saying? And so um, God wants to speak into your life, even in, in the painful events in your life. Here's the second one, is that God wants to give you the desires of your heart. Um, but, and, and this is, you always hate the buts, right? But it comes with a condition. Now, uh, the verse I've given you is Psalm chapter 37, if you want to turn there. This is one of the reasons why God wants to speak to you. And so the verse says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will do this. He will make your righteousness shine like the dawn, the justice of your cause like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret, 
when men succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. So now we're very quick to quote the second half of that verse, right? And leave off the first part. Well, God, I just want the desires of my heart. (laughs) Why does he say, delight yourself in the Lord, and then he will give you the desires of your heart? Well, let me just go back and give you a little bit of a biblical lesson. Remember when God created you, he created you spirit, soul, and body, right? So your body is the physical part of you that um, ages and, and, and has physical problems, but it's the way that we interact with each other, right? So then your soul is your mind, will, and your emotions. Your mind, will, and your emotions makes up your conscience. And um, so your conscience is kind of your moral guide in life. The problem is, uh, because of sin uh, in our lives from the moment we are born in this world, because spiritually, spiritually is is the inner core of us that connects us to our creator. So the Bible teaches that when Adam and Eve sinned against God. He said, on day you do, you'll surely die. Well, they died immediately in their spirit. And now all of a sudden, their relationship with God changed. They were fearful of God. They hid themselves. They got into the blame game and justifying what happened. And so God responded. How did God respond? God responded by taking the life of an animal, clothing them with that animal in order to show his grace and his forgiveness towards them, which, by the way, is what Jesus did for us. When he died on the cross for us, it was so that God could clothe us in the righteousness of Christ, right? So we we come alive spiritually when we're born again. But they died progressively in their soul, their mind, will, and emotions. Their relationship was, you know, uh, almost immediately there was friction between the two of them. Uh, And, of course, we know just reading very few chapters into the book of Genesis, humanity was a wreck, right? All right, so here's the deal. You and I, um, when we come into the world, we're spiritually dead, and so we have desires that are corrupted. And so our desires are built around our wants, our needs, our desires, but we build it around what we want. This, This is what I want. Listen, the problem is your desires under sin, uh, are very dangerous. How many of us have made some horrendous mistakes in life because we followed our desires, made decisions based on those sin-tainted desires, and the result and the outcome of our decision was a disaster, right? We all have regrets. So what God wants to do is that's why your conscience by itself is not trustworthy unless it's under the authority and surrendered under the authority of the Spirit of God himself. So what God has to do is he has to start tearing down those mental strongholds in our thought processes that are based on lies rather than the truth of God's Word because your mind is the control center of your life and wherever your most dominant thoughts go, so goes the direction of your life. And so the direction of my life is now built on tainted lies and, and desires, which means that we, we do all kinds of things that we wish we had never done. So what God wants to do is transform all that. So that's the, that's the purpose of the Holy Spirit, is to take us and to begin transforming us. And he does it by the renewing of our mind. Because remember, 
you have an enemy now. If you're in the kingdom of God, God transferred you out of the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of Satan, into his kingdom, Colossians 1.13. You have an enemy. He knows how to get into those mental strongholds that are built upon lies. And the, the Bible says that a stronghold is like a mental fortress And Satan's not on the outside of that wall. He's on the inside of that wall. He can speak to your mind just like God can speak to your mind. And he he will do everything in his power to control you as much as he can. And for every action of God, there's always a reaction of Satan. That's why you can have an, an incredible experience with God in the next days like everything falls apart. Right? So... Uh, in learning to hear, God wants to give you the desires of your heart, but what he wants to do in the process in which he's taking you is that he wants your desires to begin to align themselves with his desires. All right, so that's the transformation process because probably my desires from the get, when I first got saved, my desires were not the desires of God. I I told you a couple of weeks ago, I liked to sin. I had a good time. I didn't mind cussing you out. I didn't, I didn't mind doing a lot of things. And so when I got saved, did all that change overnight? Absolutely not. And so my desires and God's desires weren't even on the same wavelength. So that's the process of the Holy Spirit is that the Spirit of God wants to begin changing my desires, renewing my mind, renewing my will, my emotions, my conscience, so that now my desires and God's desires begin to be the same. This is a process. So Paul tells us in Philippians chapter 2 and verses 13 through 14 is that we must cooperate with the Holy Spirit for this transaction to take place. It's not like all God. Like, okay, God, you've got me. Now you change me. And like, we don't have to do anything. On the other hand, it's not like Okay, now you've been saved, and God says to us, okay, now it's all up to you. No, he equipped us with his Holy Spirit to empower us to do what we cannot do on our own, but we must cooperate with him. And a part of that cooperation is learning to hear and to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit who brings us heavenly downloads so that he begins to transform us from the inside out so that my desires begin to come in alignment with God's desires. Uh, let me give you an example of this. Um, my wife and I were at a conference, um, oh gosh, it's been several months ago. Uh, but anyways, there was a couple whose name was, their name was Mike and uh, Deanne Vanthall. Mike and Deanne Vanthall. Uh, they were like a, a typical Christian couple. Very successful business-wise, made all kinds of money, yeah, living in the American dream, 2.5 kids, a dog, no cats, American dream right there. Um, okay. So, uh, but when it came to their walk with God, they, they both grew up in the church, um, you know, got married. But their walk with God was just like Jesus was kind of tacked on at best. Um, so the pastor described it as, you know, when they came to church, it was like they, they got there as late as they could. Last one's there, first one's out, always sat in the back. You know, as soon as the service is over, they're out the door, uh, wouldn't volunteer for anything. And so this went on for several years. Uh, But, you know, neither one of them, I mean, 
They, they didn't really feel close to God. They weren't hearing God. They weren't really walking with the Lord. And so there was a conference that was going on at their church and uh, with Randy Clark, I believe it was. But, and um, anyway, so they showed up late typically, got their kids in the, in the in children's wing, came in the back doors, an usher grabbed them because the place was packed and brought them all the way up on the front pew. They hated that, right? It's like, oh, gosh, can we just, like, melt into the fabric here? Um, so, you know, they obviously, they had desires. God had desires for them, but they were not on the same page. All right? So at the end of that service, God got a hold of their hearts. And, I mean, in a very, very dramatic way. In fact, their pastor said, I've never seen a couple have such a dramatic encounter with God and it like God just changed them like that. Their whole countenance changed. Their passions changed. I mean, they were that next week they were in the office. What can we do? How can we serve? How can we be involved? And so long story short is that God called this couple. Is, this is how God, God brought their desires to be his. Delight me yourself and me. And that's what they were doing. I'll give you desires of your heart. So God began to change their desires so long story short is that they are now missionaries in China, and what they have done is they have purchased buildings and have established an orphanage, and the kids that they take into this orphanage are kids who have severe uh, physical limitations, mental problems and situations. These are kids that normally the Chinese government put in an orphanage uh, just kind of like shove them to the side, and nobody really takes care of them. Nobody loves on them. Nobody even hardly, I mean, there's like, they said there were like six kids per crib, babies, infants, that nobody cared about, nobody really wanted, and they were just there, left there to die. This couple takes these kids into their orphanage, and now they have a huge staff, obviously, because they, they, they want to love on these kids. They and they've already adopted a couple of them in their own family. My point is, God just dramatically changed their desires to match his desires. And listen, they've given up that luxurious lifestyle. They, I mean, where they're living, is, it's just nothing like what they were used to. But they are so happy. They are so passionate about what they do. And uh, his wife gave a message on ministering to the poor, one of the most profound messages I've ever heard on the church ministering to the poor and needy. That's what God wants to do in your life. It's what he wants to do in my life. And the way he does that is through divine encounters. So if we learn to listen to God and God speaks and God begins changing our desires in alignment with his and we react in obedience to that, we have encounters with God that will forever mark our lives, which makes us go harder after God, more passionate with God, more in love with him. And so, you know, we, and God just, we're opening up our ears and we're, we are just staying in tune with our heavenly father. And so then through these downloads, God does things like dismantling strongholds out of our lives and healing us from the inside out of emotional traumas and all these things that, you know, we've, we talk about this as, you know, you look in the eyes of people and people were saved many, many years ago, and, but they're not living this 
this life of freedom, this life of victory that Jesus came to give to us and, and to enable us to walk in. And, and so like after a while, you just like give up. You throw in the towel and you're like, you know what? I, I'm going to keep going to church. I'm still going to read my Bible. I'm still going to try to pray. But I'm just like, I'm just giving up. And, you know, someday it's all going to be different because someday I'm going to enter into heaven and God's just going to make it all new. And that is true. God will perfect you in heaven. But that is not the reason why God saved you, not just to get you into heaven. That's a fringe benefit. God saved you to, to, to shed off all of the shame and the guilt and the loneliness and the trauma. And, and God wants you to walk in the freedom of Christ. Jesus came to heal you, spirit, soul, and body. And it's, uh, it, it is ours if we will receive it and if we listen. Listen, if God loved you enough to die for you, then certainly he loves you enough to speak to you. And that's the desire of his heart because he wants you to experience everything Jesus came to enable you to experience. You know, Marl and I, are one of our favorite verses out of Psalm 103 Verses 1 through 3, especially verse 3. Not only did God come to, to forgive you of your sins, but he came to bring healing into your life. It, can be, you know, it might be physical healing. It might be uh, emotional healing. It might be a, a deliverance. You know, we, we talk about this, that there, yes, there are people who struggle with a demonic issue. We, we've, we've seen, we've experienced, we have witnessed people being delivered from a demonic presence in their lives that forever marked their life. And once that presence was removed and cast out, it's amazing how that person's life changes, how their countenance changes and their outlook on life and their love for the Lord and, and yeah, the, and their desire to hear and their hunger and their thirst for the things of God. Number three, so this means that we have to learn how to recognize his voice, right? That, that's the whole purpose of this. It's, it's not, you know, it's it's not that God always interrupts you every day, but certainly he's always speaking and he will speak to you when he, when he wants to speak. And um, when he speaks, he does not lie. Uh, he loves you. He wants to speak. He wants the best for you. He really does want to give you guidance and direction and comfort and insurance in your life. And um, so here's the thing is like sometimes God will speak to me about something and so and God just gives me like a piece to the puzzle, right? We want the whole puzzle, right? So we're that impatient. And so like, God, you know, don't give me just one step. Give me the, give me the whole thing, right? So like, okay, you're giving this. For example, God's given me, as I've shared before, a vision for a healing center here at our church. And so, uh, you know, God's given me that vision, but he's not like giving me every piece to that puzzle. He's given me a few pieces and so, I, you know, I get one piece, and I say, okay, God, when's the next piece? And so what God says to me is, listen, you just keep doing what I just told you to do, and when I need to give you another piece of the puzzle, I'll give it to you. See, sometimes it's not that God's not speaking or wanting to speak. It's just that he's not ready to give you the next step yet. He wants to know, are you going to be obedient to the step that I just gave you? Because, listen, here's what God does not want from us. He does not want what he says thrown into a basket of options. He wants to be the only option. Right? So if my mindset is, well, I'll consider what you said. No, God wants to know, is your heart ready to obey? 
If you're not ready to obey, why would he speak? Why is he going to speak so, just so you can turn him down? Or to throw him in a basket of options. God wants to know, are, are you really truly going to follow me? And uh, so, if God has something to say about your life, your marriage, your kids, your ministry, your career, whatever it is, God is not going to hide that from you. If God has something to say to you about your life, he isn't going to hide it from you. Please understand that. So how do I hear God's voice? Well, you might be hearing God's voice in a little different way than others around you. We're going to expand on this later. So some of you, God will speak um, just because of the way you're wired. You're what I call a hearer and that you kind of like hear God's voice in words. People always ask me, well, what does God's voice sound like? What does God's voice sound like? Yours? Your mind? If you're waiting for some big booming voice to come out of the skies in heaven, you're going to be waiting a long time. But how do I know that that's not just something I thought up, and how do I know that that's not something, you know, Satan is disguised and he's giving me? Well, we'll talk about that later on, but I just want you to know, for many of you, that's the way God's going to primarily speak to you. Now, I never put God in a box and say God can only speak to you in one way based on your personality and your giftedness, but uh, some of you, that's just the primary way that God's going to, it's just like his spirit to your spirit, and you're just going to know it's like God spoke to you audibly. I mean, there, there have been times in my life, I've shared before, where you know, we were praying for uh, a member of a church um, uh, you know, about God's healing him, and we had cancer, and went to the hospital room, prayed with him. And the minute I hit the door to leave the hospital room, it's, it's, like, God's, it's like God spoke as audibly as audibly he can, and he said, I'm not going to heal him. His death will be for my glory. What do you do with that? His wife and children are members of my church. Do I share that? And so that's exactly what happened, though, is that God used whatever the remaining time he gave for Charles Newton, and God just absolutely touched so many people's lives and who came to faith in Christ. And he was kind of evangelistic anyways, and I've shared this before, but the day that he died, I walked in that hospital, and his daughter met me down in the foyer, and she said, Daddy's already passed. I walked in that room, and there were doctors and nurses all around that room. She says, I've never seen this before, is what the nurse told me, because he had touched so many individual lives. And so my friend, Jeff Perkins, who just a couple years ago, younger than I am, died of cancer, same thing. He even led the person who cleaned his room to the Lord. But Jeff was like that. I mean, he, he talked to a phone pole, but listened to him. All right, some of you, some of you are knowers, all right? You're not hearers, you're knowers, that you just know in your mind that, that what God is saying. And uh, you may not really know how to pinpoint that fully, but uh, we're going to talk about the strengths and weaknesses of all of these. We're going to talk about how you're misunderstood by other people sometimes. Some of you are feelers. You kind of feel and experience the emotions of God. What is that like? And some of you are seers. You see in pictures and dreams or visions. Um, you know, we have a couple of people here in our congregation who see. Lori Miller's one of them, Jessica Richards. They see things, right? So they see dead people. Uh, no, so, but they do, and they see things. God gives them pictures, and God gives them visions. And, and I, I've watched this firsthand, and they say, 
You know, Lori likes to draw hers out, and sometimes, you know, we're praying for people, and, and she'll say, well, this is what God gave me, and turn the picture around. Does that mean anything to you? And, like, people's like, oh, yes, absolutely. So, you know, this, this is, they're just in tune with God, and it's one of the ways that God speaks through them, and so we're going to help you kind of discern where you are and, and how that works out for you. But here's what I know, is that, you know, our, our, when a family gets together, like you, you're with your family, and maybe extended family, here's what I know. You can have a room full of people, and if they're your family, they can be across the room, and you can have your back to them, but if you hear their voice, you know who's talking. My wife and I were in Gatlinburg one year, and we were in one of the pan, a restaurant that's famous for pancakes, and we were there for breakfast, and I told my wife, I said, I hear my cousin Dawn. And so, sure enough, I said, I got I to gotta search this out. And sure enough, she and her husband were in that restaurant. At that time, we were living in Alabama. They would live in Newark, Ohio. And who would have thought? Gatlinburg, how did I know it? Because I, I knew her voice. I want you to know God's voice that well. That when God speaks, you know he's spoken. You know what he's saying. And you begin living on those heavenly downloads that God wants to give to you. You know, when Moses was taking the nation of Israel through the wilderness wanderings, there came a point in which the people had become so stubborn and so obstinate against everything God wanted to do. Finally, God said to Moses, Moses, I'm going to let you take them into the promised land, but I'm not going with you. I'm not going. Moses came undone. He said, Lord, if you're not going, I'm not going. Yeah, I, I don't want to go without your presence. It wouldn't be worth being there if your presence isn't with us. I hope that's the desire of your heart, that you don't want to navigate your way through life. You just don't want to try to claw your way through the rest of your life here on planet Earth without any regard. Is God's presence really moving with me? Is God... Listen, God's presence will never leave you. He's promised you that. But he doesn't want you to just live with the, no, the knowledge, the head knowledge, of, I've got God's presence because I have the Holy Spirit. God wants you to interact with his presence. Remember, this is about relationship. And relationship is about communication. It's not one-way communication. It's two-way communication because God loves you and cares for you and does want to give you the desires of your heart. He wants to help navigate your life. And the only way he can do that is by speaking to you and you listening to him. Hearing God's voice. I just say it like this in closing. It's like a, it's like a muscle. All right? You got to work it. Right? You want your muscles not to atrophy. Or you want your muscles to stay toned. You want, your muscle, you want to build muscle. You, you've got to work it, right? If you, do, if you never do anything with your muscles, if you just sat down and did nothing, all of a sudden you begin to lose strength. You begin to lose tone in your body, right? So the same thing is true in our walk with the Lord. If we're never hearing... If we're not listening, we're not interacting, we're not having those God moments, those encounters that are, is going to build and expand our faith and our trust in him, then it's like our faith is just like, rather than getting bigger and bigger, it just gets smaller and smaller. And listen, our walk with God is all about a faith walk. 
God wants our faith to grow. He wants our faith to expand. And the way that happens is that we, we listen. We learn to listen to God with a readiness to obey. And when we walk in obedience, guess what happens? We have these God encounters. And then all of a sudden, we see God firsthand moving in our lives, which absolutely builds our faith and trust in him. So here's your activation, all right? This is on the bottom of your outline. Three things I want you to do in the context of this. I want you to find something in your life that keeps you connected to God that you enjoy. For example, some of you, um, you, you connect with God by singing, right? You love worship. You love singing. Um, Becca's on our prayer team. She sings most of the time. As God is just moving her from songs to song, um, that, that's her connection point. Maybe that's it for you. Maybe it's walking through the woods. You're just like a, you, a you know, nature person. Maybe you just feel close to God when you're walking through the woods. Maybe you feel close to God when you're you know, walking on a beach. I don't know how many beaches around here close, uh, but that, that might be it for you. But you need to find something. What, what is it that makes that connection? And here's what you want to do with these this um, connection point, three words. I want you to worship, all right? Worship. Worship does not just happen here on Sunday mornings. Worship is not limited to you singing. Here's what I mean. This is what I do. I'm just giving you a page out of my life. All right, so I, I usually listen to a, and when I want to spend time with God, whether that's in my Home, I you know have an office at home, I at there or wherever I might be. It, it might be walking in the park or whatever. Is that I, I try to listen to a song, and when I listen to that song, I try to pull out some attribute of God. God, you're faithful. God, you're holy. God, you're just. Whatever it is, and I just like worship the Lord. I just praise Him for who He is. God, I thank you that you're always faithful. In our walls, we have the names of God, right? So we put these names of God to remind us of who God is. These are attributes of God. These are things that you can pull up in your mind. God, I, God, I, I praise you, your Jehovah Jireh, that I've never had a need that you've not provided for ultimately. God, I praise you, and then just start praising him for, for the ways that he's done that in my life. So that's kind of a worship. And then you put prayerful listening in on top of that. Prayerful, prayerful listening. Paul says in 1 Corinthians to pray with our minds and our spirits. Why does he say that? Because most of us only pray with our minds. We have our laundry list for God, and we just spill it out, right? God, you know, I need this, 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 and this. Please take care of that. In Jesus' name, I'm gone. You're not listening, right? So there's no built-in time of listening. To pray with your spirit means, now, I've spoken to God. Now, I need to listen to him. And so one of the ways I encourage you to do that is through the word of God. So the last word is meditation. So here's what I've challenged myself with for 2019. I've done this in the past, but then I've kind of let it go. Um, so is that I've taken three by five cards, and I put a verse of scripture on that card. So here I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to connect with God. I'm wanting to hear from God. And so that's my verse for the week. The reason I put it on a three-by-five card is because I can look at that in the mornings during my time with the Lord. I can take it with, put it in my car. Do you know how much time you spend at traffic lights waiting? So rather than trying to um, answer your emails, 
uh, just focus on that. So meditation is, means you're just, you're just focused. You're, it's focused thinking on that verse. And just ask God throughout the course of the day, Lord, you know, is this connecting with me somehow? Because God may use that verse to speak to you. He may say to you, may, hey, Greg, you know what? There's a person sitting across in that restaurant. They need to hear a word from me. I want you to give them that word. The question is, are you going to do it, right? So here's the activation. is Whatever that is for you that connects you to God, I just want you to, to listen to, or focus on some attribute of God. Maybe you can get that from a song. You may get it from something else. Take it from the names off these walls or in, you know, in your index or your Bible, whatever it is. Focus on that. Praise God. Just open up a time of worship and then read a verse or verses and just prayerfully pray that back to the Father and say, Heavenly Father, my heart is wide open. I'm so ready to hear from you. I'm so ready to walk in obedience with you. God, I, I want to hear. And I'm telling you, God will respond to that kind of heart of surrender. And just meditate on that verse. Because it might not be that God's... Here's what I discovered. I used to say, you know what? I'm going to go on a retreat because I want to hear from God, right? And put pressure on me. It's like day three, I'm still not heard from him. I'm like, dang, what's wrong here? You know, you know when God most speaks to me? Doing the thing I hate. Cutting grass. I literally carry a little notebook into my back pocket because it's oftentimes when you've done that time of prayer and worship and you're open your heart to the Lord that while you're going out through the course of your day that God all of a sudden speaks. Not because you say, okay, God, like uh, I, I'm giving you five minutes, now speak, and now. No, God says, oh, I've got something to say to you, but I'm going to give it to you in a little bit. It's amazing how you may be in the shower, God downloads something to you, cutting grass, walking in the park, doing whatever it is that connects you to God that you love to do, that God all of a sudden, when you're not really focused on God speaking, that all of a sudden, God speaks. And so in the days ahead, we're going to talk about how do you know that God has spoken and how does he do that? How do I know this is the Lord and not just me? Father, we thank you. Um, that you love us so much, that you want to have this beautiful, loving relationship with us. Lord, we come against the lie of the enemy that we cannot hear or that you are not speaking. Lord, we come against the lie of the enemy that says that there are only certain ones that you've created who are able to hear from you. We, we speak against the lies that he says over us that we cannot recognize your voice. And so, God, I pray that you will awaken us. Get us in tune with your Holy Spirit. I pray that we will go, yeah, Lord, I know that's you. I hear my shepherd speaking. I know his voice. I pray you get every single one of us to that point in our lives, that we are grounded in the confidence of knowing that we are your sheep, that you're always speaking, and we can hear your voice and follow you. And so, Lord, I thank you for the destiny that you have for each person here. I pray, God, that over the days ahead, that, Lord, you will begin adjusting our desires, that you'll be, begin bringing our desires in alignment with yours as we delight ourselves in you 
day in and day out. We position ourselves for intimacy with you as we learn and as we prepare ourselves to hear your voice and to know that you have spoken because you love us and you care for us and you care about us. So, Father, we surrender our hearts to you afresh and anew today. And we ask you, Holy Spirit, speak. May you speak. May you speak.